0: Everyone struggles with fear, anxiety, depression, addiction, or some emotional issue. But what if I told you that you could exchange that life for one of victory? Are you interested? My name is Mark McKinn, and I'm joined with Dr. John Woodman. And together, we want to guide you into a complete and victorious identity in Christ. Our desire is for everyone to know Christ as Savior, Lord, and life, so that you can live victoriously, disciple strategically, and counsel effectively. Welcome to Glimpses of Grace. Well, welcome to Glimpses of Grace, another bonus episode. Yay! For all of you that are listening, thank you so much. And we put out a bonus episode not too long ago talking about Our trip to South Africa and Dr. John and I just got back from the AACC World Conference called No Hope. That is not no as in N-O, but as in K-N-O-W, no hope. And so John and I have been talking about this conference, what we learned. And so we thought we would have a bonus episode to share with you some of the nuggets that we took away from the conference.
1: There was so much to uh, discuss, Mark, with about 7,000 in attendance, variety of counseling ministries and presenters, and there were the plenary sessions for everyone, and we had workshops, quite a variety to choose from, as well as some focused discussions with different divisions within American Association of Christian Counselors. So I'm glad we could attend and see some people that we knew.
0: Yeah, now you just mentioned that, but explain maybe to those who are going to be listening and they don't know what AACC stands for. So break that down and tell us, because that's kind of an important thing.
1: You know, they never told me what that stood for. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, American Association of Christian Counselors, their website, aacc.net, the largest Christian counseling organization. They have a number of divisions, and Mark, you're um, identified with the the life Coaching. The Life Coaching, and right. I'm, I'm in the Biblical Counseling and Spiritual Formation Division. So there's a variety of emphases within the American Association of Christian Counselors. And we saw a few people there that we knew.
0: Yeah, and I think this is important to kind of set the stage as well, because as we got there, you know, if you don't know the statistics, one in eight, that's the statistic, one in eight people are on an antidepressant. increase in mental health uh, over the past few years. Uh, Since 2020, 30% increase in suicide. You know, John, I think I mentioned this to you while we were gone. My nephew is an engineering student at uh, NC State, North Carolina uh, State. They presented to my sister and brother-in-law that, 19 engineering students committed suicide last year.
1: How tragic.
0: Already one this year. So these are some things that's really important for us not to ignore, but to understand because, and I love, you know, Dr. Tim Clinton, who is the the president of the AACC, you know, he quoted Dallas Willard in in saying that the problem that we have in the world is a spiritual problem, so the answer's got to be spiritual as well. So you mentioned 7,000 people. You know, I'm guessing all of them, if not all, the majority of them, being Christian psychologists, psychiatrists, or uh, you know, just different therapists, life coaches, ministries, facilities, all represented here. And it kind of kicked off with a, a pastor named Tim uh, Timberlake, and he talked about rest. and I thought that was just a great way to start, right? Because Basically the question was, is it well with your soul? Because for those of us that are doing the work, if it's not well with your soul, then you're not really in a great place to be helping others. And so I thought that was just a a really good start because he said, John, rest is as important as your
1: work. And I think those of us who were there from lay counselors, as you said, up to medical doctors, um, it was a, a respite, a time of fellowship of, um, refueling and, uh, Tim Timberlake, I think, set a good pace in terms of saying, uh, I know we're all busy, but we want to really take time to be still and know that the Lord is God and to tend to our own um, physical, psychological, spiritual well-being. So there certainly is a a validity of knowing that, that pace of resting.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, your your favorite speaker, right, was Tim Tebow. I mean, you had your Florida jersey on, <laughs> your eye black with the, uh, you know, with the uh, Bible verses underneath. I mean, I n- I've never seen that side of you before. So,
1: well, I did go to Florida Bible College for a year, <laughs> but I thought he was pretty courageous. Uh, he lives in Florida, right, and he is here in Tennessee, and he was rooting for Florida, and that was before uh, a less than stellar performance of our local. Uh, university of tennessee team
0: yeah so we're not going to talk about tim tebow so mm-hmm. i need to give that over to the lord we talk about total surrender so maybe i should do what i <laughs> preach
1: right well he certainly uh, demonstrates a commitment to uh compassion and ministry and not just living for for fame and money but also having christian values of uh seeing what your calling is in life and making the most of your potential so it was a good inspirational talk
0: if only he were passionate
1: <laughs> of course, he's I'm being sarcastic <laughs> if you've never
0: heard him speak. He he's a, he is a very passionate person, and you're right. It, it is amazing because he's using his platform for the glory of God. There is no doubt about that. So that was amazing. You know, one other person that we heard, and they really weren't a speaker, but kind of talking about what they did was a man by the name of Greg Surratt, and, uh, the founding pastor of Seacoast Church. And, man, I, I was just really... I don't know, taken back by what he talked about. And, of course, you know, John, one of the things that I love doing here at Grace Fellowship is being a pastor to pastors, being a coach to pastors. And, you know, he talked about this idea how lonely they are, and that is so true. A lot of churches do not do a great job at pastoral care. Um, You know, I know know it's coming up, and people are going to say, well, the month of October is Pastor Appreciation Month. The pastor needs to be appreciated all the time, not just one month a year. And, you know, he really talked about burnout. He talked about, um, you know, just a lot of the hats that pastors wear. You know, a lot of people don't think about that. He's not just preaching on Sunday. He's also over the HR department. He's the CEO. He's the CFO. You know, he's wearing a lot of hats. But, you know, John, and I mentioned this to you right before we started recording, but the one thing that he said that jumped out at me, and I have, I mean, I've really been thinking about this a lot, is the idea of Moses. Moses. Moses killed a man before he really started doing anything that we remember him for. In today's world, Moses would never even have made it. He would have never made it into ministry, and and I'm not trying to start a debate, so I, I, I want to make that clear. But I, you know, because I, 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 no one more than me holds the office of pastor higher. I don't think it's a I you know, I, I don't think the pastor is like everybody else. I think there's a different level of accountability and all those things. We read about that in the New Testament. But man, that just really has been something that he said that I've never thought about before and it really kind of grabbed my attention.
1: Very powerful uh, lesson there. The other thing that impressed me about that speaker is that he was a pastor of a large, um, effective church, started a, a network. He was leading a network of church plants and yet his concern, Mark, over... The statistics and the rate of burnout and um, discouragement among Christian leaders led him to actually start a nonprofit to develop retreats for pastors, and they're just giving pastors time to get away, to have fellowship, and to resolve some some conflicts that are holding them back. So God bless that outreach. It reminds me of uh, some networking we've done with a ministry called Haven Arrest, uh, where we contributed copies of Handbook to Happiness, and they have a similar retreat ministry so uh, God bless these initiatives,
0: no doubt. And you know, maybe something that you could do for your pastor is, you know, give us a call or send us an email here at Grace Fellowship, and maybe you know, purchase a gift card for your pastor to get some coaching. And uh, we're seeing a lot of great results from that. In fact, you know, the next speaker that spoke was Dr. John Townsend, and he actually talked about maybe you know how to help avoid burnout, and he talked about this idea of my responsibilities versus my resources. And so, you know, the demands that I have versus the things that I need in order to accomplish those resources. And so, you know, he talked about, you know, being able to make those one, and it's interesting, you know, because, John, you and I would go in another route. We would not say to a pastor, here's what you need to do. We would want to get that pastor to the point of surrender and understanding the power that he has in Christ and allowing that to come forth and him living out of this unlimited resource that he has, which is Holy Spirit in him.
1: So using the analogy of a fraction, he had uh, a number above, which would represent responsibilities the number below which would be uh, resources and you're right we would emphasize our resources in the abiding life in christ and i know and although pastors know that um doctrinally are are we really appreciating that in an experiential spiritual way so we would certainly emphasize the need to discover or rediscover and tap into our spiritual resources so uh, some good practical tips there as well
0: yeah I think it was also in that same session, Dr. Daniel Amon spoke. And I've told you before, uh, he's a guy that I follow. I read a lot of his stuff. You know, he talks about the idea of the brain as an organ. And if you get your brain right, then your mind will follow. And uh, he talked about, you know, just the, the population, the percentage of the population that are on psychotropic medication. I think it's 25%. You know, the amount of money that's spent on anxiety medicine and antidepressant medication, um, you know, and, and even some of the people that are going to the doctor thinking there's something wrong with them. And really, it's an emotional issue. It's a spiritual issue. And um, so, you know, of course, I, I really love reading uh, reading his stuff. He's he's very intriguing to me.
1: And Dr. Eamon's clinics emphasize uh, brain scans and that sort of thing. And they have all kinds of uh, data on that. Um, a term we've heard a few times over the conference, Mark, was neuroplasticity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Great word for crossword puzzles. Yeah, uh, it Reminds us of Dr. Caroline Leaf, who talks about how as we renew our mind through the Holy Spirit and through truth, then there's actually an organic improvement in how our brain is formed. And so uh, that's the idea of that concept. And some of the uh, uh, authors like Dr. Amen would also recommend... Uh, taking care of our physical health it's mm-hmm. because if our brain is healthier, certainly that's going to contribute to better mental health as well.
0: Right. And you mentioned an author, if this is something that you're interested in going deeper in Dr. Caroline Leaf, she's great. I've read her stuff too. Uh, but now one of the people I think that really jumped out to you uh, was a lady named Catherine Wolf. And uh, what a great story. Um, a young lady, you know, just got married, having a baby. And then, had a stroke right after she gave birth and is now wheelchair bound and, you know, doesn't have full capacity over her body. But man, what an, a passionate lady and what an amazing story.
1: Now you heard her speak before. It was the first time I had heard about her testimony and uh, she titled her talk, the good hard life. Mm. And um, after I got back and I was telling others about uh, her testimony, I noticed that there's a YouTube version of, Good Hard Life, Catherine Wolf, W-O-L-F. And uh, see, she certainly needed um, support as she worked through the grief, the physical aspects of rehabilitation, uh, the Christian counseling. Um, but as she spoke, there was so much grace and wisdom to challenge all of us that whatever limitations we have, physical, emotional, however uh, we define those limitations, Uh, It's an opportunity, you know, for God's grace to be demonstrated. So she has some really uh, inspirational wisdom, and certainly uh, her testimony backs it up.
0: It's interesting because she mentions this idea that as Christians, we just want everything to be okay. And, you know, she quotes here, if you have a pulse, you have a purpose. And she said, God made you to do the hard things in the good story God created. So maybe if things aren't going your way, it doesn't mean... That God's not using you, or God's not in the mid, you know, in the midst of all of that, and so yeah, you're right. What a what a powerful powerful talk. And then of course following that was Bob Golf. And if you've never heard Bob before, I mean, he he'll talk a little and laugh a lot, right? Just mm-hmm. just such whimsical stories and such a jolly guy. I mean, uh, for me, I really like this idea that he, he talks about. He'll have a mirror, right, and he just kind of shows people. Because in his mind, he really wants people to see uh, who they really are. And of course, you know, we, we do too. Like We want people to understand that your identity is not based on possessions or popularity or potential, but it really is who God says you are. And uh, so you and I had a great talk after Bob got done.
1: Well, my wife, Linda, works in the human resource department at Dollywood, a local theme park here and Bob Goff has been here for uh, his inspirational speaking. His last name is G-O-F-F. You may have come across his books. And and what an interesting man, because he um, has training as a lawyer, and then from there <laughs> becoming a disciple maker, a humanitarian, a humorist, an author, an inspirational speaker. But certainly uh, he's entertaining, but it's great to see from his stories um, the biblical values of compassion that show up through his family.
0: One of the My favorite stories about Bob is, you know, he graduated with his law degree, but he did not get accepted into the school. So he sat outside of the dean's office every day until the dean finally allowed him to get a meeting so that he could tell the dean why he made a mistake and why he should allow Bob to be, you know, accepted into the program, and he did. It's amazing. I mean, you, his first book, Love Does, is just a lot of his stories. And, you know, he, he may mention he's wearing a uh, Boston Red Sox hat. Not because he's a fan, but because his neighbor loved the Boston Red Sox. And when she was dying, he made a deal with her that he would wear a Boston Red Sox hat every day as long as every time that Jesus passed by her, she would say, Bob Golf. And so just, I mean, just a, he's just a funny guy. and sure is. it It just was really good. Um, You know, one of my favorite, I guess, non doctorate talks was Mark Batterson. Mark Batterson is a pastor in Washington, uh, D.C., and he wrote a book called Please Sorry and Thanks. I think it's the name of that. But his idea is this words create worlds. And, of course, our words don't create the universe like when Jesus said, let there be light, and light traveled out of the mouth of God at 186,000 miles per second because that's the speed of light. Um, But our words can bring hope, and our words can bring hurt. And I just was just so... Taken in. In fact, I am, I think I'm going to order the book for me and a couple of my boys to go through. We're doing breakfast on Thursday and Friday mornings. I'm doing it with two of my sons. And just because I think this was so good, especially when he was talking about the feeding of the 5,000, and he said, Jesus gave thanks. And I was just thinking, and, you know, Mark brings it up, most of us would probably not bring a word of thanks, but a word of complaint. You know, like, oh, you people. You know, you didn't bring your own lunch, you'd bring anything. So here I am, I gotta fix things again. You know, and I'm just glad Jesus isn't like us. You know, he doesn't think like us. But I think the the beautiful thing was this, right? With Jesus, things just they don't add up the way they do in the regular world. So five plus two is seven in my hands, but in his hands it feeds five thousand people, plus there's more left over than there was at the beginning. And I just thought that was real powerful.
1: A good example of biblical exposition that you can tell that God worked these truths into his own life about please, I'm sorry, uh, thank you. And he unpacked more of the the Thanksgiving theme, as you alluded to, Mark. And uh, pray for um, Pastor Batterson as his church is in Washington, D.C. Tremendous need there to be salt and light in our nation's capital. Um, But very practical and uh, encouraging message from, from him.
0: Now maybe what was another one of the sessions that really jumped out to you that maybe we haven't mentioned yet?
1: Well, I was especially interested in the one on Saturday morning by uh, Dr. Tan, who's professor of uh, psychology at Fuller Seminary in California and a pastor. And we go back to the Montreal days, Uh, Mark, I was associate pastor at People's Church in Montreal in the 80s. And I heard about this Dr. Tan, who studied at McGill University there in Montreal, who started a late counseling ministry at our church before I came. And uh, over the years, I was able to meet him. He came back and gave a retreat. And then at AACC events over the years, I've been able to say hello to him and have some conversations. So now they've given him the title um, of the director of spiritual formation or something along that line. For uh, the association. And so he gave a a very practical message on hope. As you mentioned, Mark, that was the theme of the whole conference. And it was a, a message that just emphasized Romans 15, verse 13. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And Dr. Tan mentioned that in counseling, Mark, whether it's lay counseling, pastoral, or professional counseling, One of our initial goals is to offer hope, right, to those that we're ministering to. And that hope primarily comes from the Holy Spirit and the promises of God's Word. So I really appreciated what he shared. And do pray for Dr. Tan's uh, influence and ministry uh, among the AACC. Mm -hmm. I think
0: the only one that I think of, of course, there was a lot more, but we got to hear George Barna and... George Barna was really speaking about the mental health status of the millennial generation. And, uh, of course, they are comprising now about 32% of the adult population. But listen to this, 54% of them often feel anxious, depressed, or fearful. And so he was talking about how mental health was the second leading uh, or maybe I should say, kind of the the second big issue that we need to be worrying about in the world. But the first one he said was worldviews, and how you know a worldview is so important because it's you know basically you make every decision in your life based on your worldview. Uh, you do what you believe. I thought this was really interesting because he talked about how so many people are getting their worldview. So, for example, you know, he talked about this idea that a lot of Eastern uh, mysticism is coming out in a lot of the media that our children are watching. Um, so, you know, there's there's kind of a new awakening of Star Wars stuff, or maybe it is um, a lot of the you know some of the tv shows and some of the movies that are coming out in the marvel universe and all of this and so you have a lot of eastern mysticism that's coming up and monks and and even religion is popping up in some of some of this but it's not necessarily christian but then you know this is interesting and of course i think this uh we talked about this John Wright i think his work is coming out of Arizona if you're listening to this what people think about in Arizona may not be what people think about in the Bible Belt, right? For example, I think he said 51% of people believe in reincarnation. 64% believe in karma. I don't know if you're going to get that number in Tennessee, but you are going to get some of these that like 59% of the people believe the Bible is not all true. Or you know, 48% of people don't believe there is absolute truth. Which I always want to kind of ask people: Are you sure about that? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, or you know, twenty-two percent of people believe that the Bible is just a moral guide. Uh, this is a big one, and I think this is true worldwide. Sixty-nine percent believe that unmarried sex is okay, and so you know this this idea of a worldview is important. But he really talked about the importance of a biblical worldview, and so a biblical worldview is going to help us make better biblical and true decisions in our life.
1: So my children are part of the millennial generation. I'm a so-called baby boomer. So I recognize uh, having raised uh, five children to see the influences in their life and how much our culture has changed in these last decades. So the idea of a biblical worldview and how it relates to the problems of mental health is a really strong connection that George Barna brought out. And as you mentioned, Mark, how is worldview shaped? Well, What are people getting on television? What are they getting on the internet? Uh, What are they getting in school? They're not getting much in terms of uh, respect for God as creator, um, moral accountability, biblical values, um, respect for the family, respect for the sanctity of life. So no wonder there's been this drift. And Mm -hmm. with this drift away from a biblical worldview, then it's just escalated mental and emotional health problems, especially uh, after COVID.
0: Yeah, yeah. There were also breakout sessions. And we were able to go to multiple of those. And we're not going to talk about all of those for those of you that are listening and thinking I'm going to check out. Um, But we both had a couple that really kind of stood out. What was one of yours?
1: Uh, One of the ones that was very significant is uh, Dr. Julie Hamilton. Um, And uh, she's based in Florida as a PhD. She's a professional counselor. And in our culture, there is so much um, in terms of gender confusion and, questions about um, the LGBT community, and it was really encouraging to hear of someone that is a professional, works um, with people with a variety of these kind of struggles, and has all kinds of scientific documentation that really goes against the narrative that often we get in our culture. So Dr. drjuliehamilton.com would be your website. The title of her workshop, Hope for Clients with Unwanted same-sex attraction, and gender dysphoria, examining scripture and science. And boy, does she. At her website, uh, drjuliehamilton.com, she has all kinds of documentation from science and scripture, as well as evidence that the Lord is faithful to heal the brokenhearted and set us at liberty for whatever is holding us back. So that was countercultural, but very biblical and beneficial.
0: You know, we didn't hear a lot about body, soul, spirit while we were there, but I attended a breakout with Dr. Margaret Najib. She really broke it down. I mean, the first part of her breakout was all about, here's what the Bible says, you know, we have a body, we have a spirit, we have a soul. And she kind of broke that down and really began to show people, you know, the divine order and how this plays out in counseling And then, you know, she ended with healing prayer. And I think I I shared with you, John, you know, coming out of the Baptist world as a pastor uh, in the Baptist world for over 25 years, you know, we didn't really get into healing prayers. But man, it really was powerful and very spirit felt. Um, And of course, when I say that, I want to make sure I say this too. Anytime you feel the spirit, the biblical thing is you test the spirit. So don't just feel like, oh, that's spirit. Make sure it's holy. And uh, but very powerful and something that I, I am uh, wanting to, to dive into a little bit more. But it was it was very good. And then you had another one that kind of jumped out
1: at you as well, right? Yes, I got to meet uh, Dr. Janine um, Davis. She was describing how she developed uh, an appreciation for uh, peacemaking as she and her team were full time in the member care uh, ministry of a large mission organization, and she found that um, if missionaries were having interpersonal conflicts, that was really debilitating in terms of their personal well-being and hindered their ministry. And she presented a very practical model, and I'd like to mention to our listeners um, that the curriculum she uses is called Peace Pursuit, P-E-A-C-E, Peace Pursuit, and they have a quick start guide at their website you can download. They even have an app where you can put in your role in the situation. And so uh, we believe that her comments really uh, dovetails with the Grace Fellowship emphasis because she said we start at the heart level between us and God. And as we take ownership of our part of whatever is causing the conflict, and we value peace more than being right or winning, Mm -hmm. then there's a biblical process of moving toward uh, reconciliation. And so a shout-out to uh, Dr. Davis and her team for... uh, the Peace Pursuit materials.
0: Yeah, my other one was uh, Dr. Charles Stone. He wrote a book called Holy Noticing and uh, charlestone.com, but he did a breakout on sleep. I don't know if you've ever taken a class on sleep. I've I've done some from uh, coaching, and they're usually people that are very soft-spoken and they're like this, and you go to sleep, but not Dr. Stone. This guy was, he was crazy. It was awesome. But he really talked about how, you know, poor sleep affects our brain. It affects our weight. I didn't know that affects our immunity and then how good sleep, it helps our memory. It basically is putting, you know, all of the info correctly back where it's supposed to. It helps in brain neurogenesis. Um, it edits brain information. It dials down the pain of emotion. It helps with impulse control, creativity. You're building new neurons and it helps your immunity. But he gave a lot of just really great tips on how to sleep better. And I know for a lot of our listeners, you uh, deal with insomnia. And so that's why I took this class. So maybe for some of you that are like, Mark, I, I, I'm i not sleeping. What did he say? Uh, reach out. Hello at gracefellowshipinternational.com. I'll try to uh, create some notes based off this that I can uh, send to you to help out with some insomnia and some great things, even some like practical things. I told you, you know, looking at your phone or your iPod, iPad right before bed basically is turning off 50% of your melatonin. So that's not good because the melatonin is not, it's not what's helping you to stay to sleep. It's just helping put you to sleep. And um, yeah, just a lot of, a lot of great stuff that was very helpful. I mean, I could, I could, we could probably do a whole, podcast on sleep but when it's you really
1: mentioned good. him as your workshop presenter i remembered coming across his book entitled surrendered sleep which i believe you can get on kindle for a few dollars and he has some good tips there how encouraging when we have uh, workshops by um, medical professionals who are believers who have the benefit of scriptural wisdom as well as you know medical knowledge yeah Anything
0: else that jumped out at you at the conference? I mean, we got to meet a lot of great people, made some contacts. Hopefully, uh, that will come back, and we'll have some blessings on that. But it was a really great time. Thanks for letting me hop on with you.
1: Our associate, Cherry Freeman, was there. She has a ministry called lovethemtolife.com, and uh, she got a uh, diploma, I believe, from Finishing Light University. So congratulations to, to Cherry. And uh, pray for uh, AACC and all the, the different people who attended, that God will um, use their resources. Uh, they have some online uh, course material that is basically free. They just charge for about a $50 um, administrative uh, fee for uh, the online course platform. But uh, AACC.net, some some good material there. Again, their major emphasis has been more of an integration model of kind of mixing psychology and Scripture. And at Grace Fellowship, we're more on the biblical counseling side of things, where we believe, we call it contextualization. A little sidebar here, Mark. Um, we, we see observable psychology, can be beneficial to get a context of the person we're helping and coaching or counseling. But the change comes through the Word of God and the Spirit of God. Amen. So uh, we want to stay in the lane of biblical counseling and spiritual formation, but we want to be lifelong learners, right, Mark? Right. And so uh, it was a great um, enrichment time.
0: Yeah. Well, hopefully you have enjoyed uh, this bonus episode of Glimpses of Grace. Thank you for listening to Glimpses of Grace. We pray today guided you into a more complete and victorious identity in Christ. If you would like more information about Grace Fellowship International, please visit us online at www.gracefellowshipinternational.com. If you would like to contact us, please send us an email, hello at We hope you have a great day.